Welcome to Alumni Evolution, the official podcast of the Kentucky Wesleyan College Alumni Association. Join us each week as we interview incredible alumni and friends and follow the evolution of their lives. Hey everybody, we are back again for another edition of Alumni Evolution, the official podcast of Kentucky Wesleyan Alumni. I am Doug Hoyt and I have the privilege of serving as your host of this podcast. I have a really special guest today. Welcome, Chad Hart. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for taking a few minutes of your time to come and spend with us. Uh, Chad, we, we spend some time uh, talking about the evolution of alumni. We all know that Kentucky Wesleyan played a role in all of our lives. And for most of us, it was a very special place. And what we'd like to talk about is a little bit about your time at Wesleyan, as much as you really want to talk about. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't want to talk about that. (laughs) And then your evolution. What has happened since? Mm -hmm. We talk about career. We talk about family. We talk about anything you really want to talk about or that I'm willing to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Welcome. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm Chad Hart. I graduated from KWC in 2009. I'm married to my high school sweetheart, who's also a Wesleyan graduate in 2010, and we have three daughters. And just to uh, get this out on the table, married to your sweetheart, who happens to be Kristen. Yes, Kristen Chin was the, the maiden name for those listening. And happens to work with me at Wendell Foster. Sure does. Sure does. Yeah. It's a small world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Wesleyan graduates are everywhere. They really are. And, you know, her her supervisor is a great friend of ours who's a Wesleyan grad, I believe, 2008, 2009, Best Shepherd. Correct. Her husband, Will Shepherd. <laughs> They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Kentucky bioprocessing. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a little bit of everywhere. That's exactly yeah, right. And yeah. that's, that's kind of the moral to this whole story in this podcast is, you know, there's about 8,000 alumni across this world. Um, and they're doing some very amazing things. And that's what we want to do is tell those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Give people the opportunity to get to know you. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I do not think, actually, I don't want to say I do not think, I know I did not think that I would ever be a, a guest on a show like this while I was serving my time at Wesleyan. <laughs> you know, I, I was young, impressionable, and you know, I didn't know what tomorrow brought, much less. Oh, absolutely 10, right. 10, 15 years from, from that point. And, you know, uh, Scott Kramer, him and I, we've had so many conversations. Scott and I are, are close and buddies now. You know, I, I also didn't think that time ago Scott and I would ever be buddies. <laughs> no, no. That was back in the days he was the dean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Scott's a great person. Um, his family, they're just, they're just, tremendous and Scott's been great for the the college as well but you know I I, I said this one time I, I came back I think it was called the sophomore experience it was right. like a, a program and uh, I, I told them I didn't appreciate Wesleyan while I was here as as far as what some traditionally might think respecting or um, liking your your college or university while you're here I, I didn't get out of it what I thought I was going to, and, and that sounds bad. And D- Doug's panicking. I can see you sweating no, right now. No, <laughs> it actually, I, I'm sitting here thinking that sounds pretty reflective of some of my experience, mm-hmm. but the experience of many that I've talked to. You know, it, 
I think a lot of people come out of high school expecting, and I came from Ohio County, so very small rural community, close to Davis County for those listening. But, you know, I came out of Ohio County and the, the dream of the small town person is go to the big town. Right. And it's like, wow, I, I ended up in Owensboro and that was just not too far away. So am I really living what I thought I was going to do? So That's I think right. there's that. And it's a small college. It is, it's a very small college. And and by the way, to back up, um, I did go to Western my freshman year. I walked on, played football there and then transferred in. Uh, coach Hoseclaw was a coach at that time. You know, and so having that big city dream on a, a small in a small city with a small college, you know, you got a lot of thoughts going through your head at, at that age. You're you're trying to grow up. You're definitely not an adult, even though you're on paper an adult. And you certainly think you're an adult. Oh, you oh, you think you've been an adult for 10 years by that point. That, that's right. <laughs> and you're you're nowhere close. And so, you know, I, I told them at the sophomore experience that I didn't appreciate Wesleyan while I was here, but I have an appreciation for it now and you know what what does that mean and so i I can't say that if i didn't come here i'd be married to Kristen. i I don't know if i was mature enough to have a long distance relationship at 18 to 21 years old um if there's no Kristen, there's no everly addison and kennedy if there's not Kristen or kentucky wesleyan or my three children there's not our best friends beth and will shepherd you know there's no Owensboro Health in my future. There's no history of the YMCA, which took up 15 years of my life. I was happy to serve that organization. But had it not been for Wesleyan, none of that story was written. And Chad, so that's exactly, exactly the point of this podcast is to to reflect on that and point that out. Because it, for many, for most that I know, Kentucky Wesleyan was a pivotal moment in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, where, where uh, you know, the old fella told me one time, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> Wesleyan was your fork in the road. It really was. Wesleyan was my fork in the road. Mm-hmm. And I took it, it sounds like you did as well. And you wonder, what would it be like? Yeah. You, you know, it's, I've, I've had those criticisms of Wesleyan and, we have a joke in my family because I'm a very outspoken person in my family and I've criticized criticized Wesleyan, not publicly. I put this out there. I love Wesleyan and I'm a volunteer of the college right now. My wife is too. We love Wesleyan. We're invested in it. And, you know, I, I started to see, and we're, we're just now, let me back up. I'm in philanthropy. So I'm in fundraising. I'm in community building, asset building for, for organizations, you know, and so, I guess I got to give a little bit of credit to my brother-in-law, Logan Pemberton, who is also a Wesleyan grad, <laughs> who's married to my sister-in-law, Leslie, who's a Wesleyan grad. There you go. But, you know, I was having a little gripe session about how things could be better. And he goes, hey, man, get involved or shut up. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. I, no, but that is, that's a real sentiment. You know, and it wasn't too long after that, I, you know, uh, Ty Stoffer became the head coach of women's soccer, and we think a, a ton of Ty, who's an alumni. <laughs> and, you know, I have a history in strength and conditioning coaching, and Ty's looking to, to gain some success with the women's soccer team. And my wife, obviously, was a, a standout. She she needs Hall of Fame votes, by the way. But <laughs> okay. But so we just uh, this little plug we plug Chris in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I. I was like, you know what, I'm I'm gonna quit complaining. I'm just gonna jump in and, and help where I can. And you know, there there's also another pivotal moment, p- 
probably, this was two and a half months ago. And I, I love WKU, also graduated from WKU. I have my master's there. I started there. Um, the only other member of my family that went to college and graduated, graduated from Western. And so um, Western holds a special place in my heart as well. Well, I, I dearly fondly remember the topper walk and the experience of Big Red, the towel, the white squirrels, the all things Western, you know. And I, I, I do recall Kristen, my, my wife, took our oldest child out of school and traveled uh, to Ohio and watched a couple of soccer games. And I said, Kristen's lobbying hard, hardcore for our, our kids to come to Wesleyan. I was like, you know what? I love Wesleyan, but I'm going to see if I can lobby hardcore for Western. So I took the girls down. We did a day of Western and watched the game and all this stuff. And then, you know, I, I, I came I came back home and I really, my, my family's working on me. I'm like, man, I only get 18 guaranteed summers with my kids. And then there, there's a stat out there that by the time your children leave at 18, you've spent some massive amount of percentage of time with That's them right. there for yeah. the rest of your life. That's right. And so I'm like, you know what, if I can make Wesleyan, if I can help make Wesleyan something that is a 100% viable option, I might up that percentage. <laughs> By <laughs> a year to, or two. Hey, in yeah. a year or two, is, it's, it's a pretty huge. big deal. It's huge, especially when they start developing their own families, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I think I've had a, a change of heart even in the last few months about my, my dedication to Wesleyan and what I need it to be for the, for the future. And, you know, sustainability means a lot of different things. I know that's a topic of conversation right now, and I want to do my part to ensure sustainability for this, this organization, you know, and right now, Chris and I are in that part of our life where financially we can give something but we can't give in a way that is, it's meaningful to us. It may not be meaningful in sustainability to an organization. So our giving is volunteerism. You know, we are helping the soccer program right now. And I've had conversations with Eddie Kenny. I, I love him, but we, we've got to help in some way philanthropically and, as and, well. But, but Chad, that's the absolute path that everybody needs to take is help how you can. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we, we all live our lives in stages, or, or most of us do, where, and my wife and I were the very same way. You know, in the early days of our marriage, we couldn't afford <laughs> a pizza. Yeah, we got dinner and daycare but, paid for. What that, else? That's it, right? <laughs> and so, you know, you, you, you volunteer, you give back as you are able to give back. Mm -hmm. And then over time, you hope that you have accumulated enough earnings and wealth that Maybe there is more that you can do and, and do in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's, it's one of those things I, there are a lot of alumni my age that are highly engaged and there are some that I saw for the first time on campus at homecoming. And so, you know, I had lunch with Eddie a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I talk to Summer Aldridge frequently. Um, we have a Massville connection, you know, and um, just like I want to help blow homecoming just out of the water. I want standing room only <laughs> in the front Absolutely. quad, front lawn, wh whatever it takes, you know. And I think that's what I would encourage other al alumni to do is your involvement doesn't have to be a, a deep pocketbook. If if that if that's your passion, it can be showing up. 
showing up, the the awareness. And, you know, I, I did also talk to Eddie. There was that um, re- refer, a, refer a Panther, yes. or the, the, the alumni program referring kids to come to Wesleyan. Like that is the referral. And we talked a lot about, you know, I, I'm not plugging Western. I do love Western. But what are those cultural moments that you remember as a child that connect you to a moment of your childhood that you want to relive as adult. For me, it was Topper Walk. That is ingrained in my memory. And so I talked to Eddie. I'm like, we got to do Panther Walk. We got to do it big. We got to do it right. You know, and a lot of times those things are planned and they become ingrained culture. But a lot of times it's something that's just crazy that happens and it's yeah, spontaneous, it's right? Spontaneous it's, and maybe stupid, even. <laughs> well, yeah, there might be some of that. <laughs> well, and so this is what I'm thinking about. We, uh, the women's soccer team played, oh gosh, this was, uh, it may have been Thomas Moore at home. And a handful of the, the men's soccer team guys dressed up as Teletubbies and were in the bleachers. I was aware of that. You were aware of that. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, shout out to the, to the Teletubbies. But, um, there was one father of one of the Wesleyan women's soccer players, and he always yells, let's go Panthers. And he's got this very distinct voice. Well, as soon as he says it, there was an echo down the Teletubby line. And then immediately someone else in the crowd would yell, let's go Panthers. And the Teletubbies just went ballistic, crazy, happy, cheering, and the whole crowd erupted. That's one of those moments that... Yeah, those spontaneous moments that... Everybody loves it. Yeah. And what I'm getting to is my my child, my oldest child, Everly, she's nine, and um, our good friends, uh, their son, Wesley Shepard, they were sitting down on the, just on the sideline, and the Teletubbies went through there, let's go Panthers, and then Wesley and Everly yelled, let's go Panthers, and the crowd erupted. That is a core childhood memory that it's going to be, I think, be hard to pry my daughter's mind off of going to any other college because it's deep rooted as a core Absolutely. memory. It's it's there. She had fun. She had fun. And was, she she's gonna know mom and dad devoted a ton of time to this place. Right. It must be something important. That's right. It must be important. So Chad, let's circle back. Yeah. Uh, when you graduated from Wesleyan, where where did you go after that? Yeah, so I I, I played ball under Coach Ho's Claw and I knew th- you played ball here yeah, at Wesleyan. Uh, football. Okay. Yeah. And I, I knew that strength and conditioning was kind of the route that I wanted to go. I wanted to do the whole uh, division one, go, go big, go home, ACC, SEC, things like that. Well, I interned at WKU while in undergrad here in the strength department. And I got a graduate assistantship at WKU in the strength department under uh, coach Jim. Now really impressive resume. Um, and Chris and I, I kind of made a, a bet. Whoever gets a big boy or a big girl job first, that's kind of the career path we're going. It, it just goes to show my lack of intelligence <laughs> at that age. She's a CPA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She can get hired pretty just much, about anywhere. Pretty much guaranteed employment, right? It, it, was, <laughs> it was like, hey, I know you haven't passed your CPA exams yet, but we'll take you because you're a good student. And you came from Wesleyan. They have a great accounting, to pro, uh, accounting program. So I, I didn't make... A great wager or bet, but, um, you know, so we, I went through grad school. She was a year behind me. She started out at Ronnie Hancock CPAs. Um, I believe 
I believe Adam Hancock's a, a Wesleyan grad as well. <laughs> They're everywhere. I'm They're everywhere. You. But um, I was fresh out of grad school because I, I made the bet. I moved back to Owensboro after I finished grad school in my graduate assistantship and came back to the YMCA. And here I am with the master's working on the floor for minimum wage as a wellness attendant. I'd clean toilets. I would walk around the building as a, a supervisor. I'd help with youth programs, swim lessons, camp. I needed money. I, I was off mom's payroll at that point. <laughs> yeah. It was time to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah. D- dad wasn't helping anymore. And the mom was like, it's time to be a big boy. You know, you're, you're past that. So um, I, I was doing anything just to make money. And uh, very shortly after, it was probably four to six months, Corey Gant, who's a, a Wesleyan alumni, mm-hmm. um, was the fitness director at the, the Owensboro Family YMCA. He decided he was going on to the Owensboro Fire Department, and I was lucky enough to step into the, the fitness director role, and that was my first full-time salaried position. And okay. it, it all started because- And that was at the Owensboro Davis County Y. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Right, right over here across the street, and uh, you know, that- that itself led to a, a, a great career. I mean, 12 years full-time, you know, 14 to 15, if you count my, my part-time in undergrad. So, yeah. So you were there for how long in Owensboro? Yeah, uh, altogether six years. Altogether six Family years. Um, and then you had an opportunity to stay with the Y yes. at a different location. Yeah, so uh, that, that is one good thing about the Y. You have the ability to uh, grow and go, as they called it. If you want to grow in the organization, you just have to go. And uh, Ed Wallace had been the CEO in Massville, Hopkins County, YMCA for 29, 30 years. And um, he he fell ill and ended up retiring. And I was a, I was lucky enough to, to get that job. So I was CEO down there. It was about five and a half years uh, when I when I came back here to Owensboro for the Owensboro Health Foundation. So um, you you didn't move out of Owensboro though, correct? You commuted, yeah, yeah, to Madisonville, yeah. So for five and a half years, five and a half years. That's and dedication. It, it was, and so there was a reason because you know you're a CEO of an organization; they expect you to live within the the community that you're serving. Well. The, the job was not open at the time. I was fully committed to the Owensboro Family YMCA. I knew I wanted to grow, and I was hoping that growth originally was at the Owensboro Family Y. Isaac Coffey was the CEO at the time, and uh, Chris and I had built a house um, out east side of the county, and this is pre-pandemic. You know, you couldn't just build a home and turn around and sell it for a profit tomorrow. Right, like ridiculous amounts of growth in a year. Yes, yeah. yes. You... And so we moved into that house. I have a picture. We have a picture at home of Kristen pregnant sitting in the living room floor because we had a custom couch built and she's pregnant with Addison, our middle child. And we don't have a couch yet. She's just sitting in the floor. Right in the middle of the floor. So those who are listening that, that know us, that gives you a perspective of timeline. But, uh, the, the job came open in Massville and the, the question was asked, are you going to relocate? And I said, be quite honest with you, if I have to relocate, I think it's off the table because I'm going to lose a significant amount of equity, money, my life savings. I'm still young at this point and uh, I can't do it. And I said, I'll I'll make a promise to you that I'll be 
in of and as of this community as po- as much as possible. And you won't question where I put my head on a pillow at night. So I, I joined Rotary. I was in all the chamber meetings. You I did joined all the those local things boards. that made it seem yep. that and, you were part. You know, even, gosh, I, I left uh, January 31st of 23. And there was people saying, well, are you going to move back to Owensboro? I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Never left. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> I, I fulfilled that mission. And, you know, uh, in case I have any uh, alumni, past board members at the Hopkins County Family Y, thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> Well, it, you know, we we get opportunities in our life and uh, uh, we have to take advantage of the opportunities, but they have to be the right opportunities. Yeah. You know, uh, selfishly, I have to say thank you for not moving to Madisonville because mm-hmm. then we would have lost Kristen. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> that also would not have been a great thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, January 23, mm-hmm. just earlier this year, yeah. you left the Y yeah. and went? To the Owensboro Health Foundation. Owensboro Health Foundation. Yeah, yeah. So that, uh, the this, what I'm about to say will kind of sound like a, I may begin to throw my wife under the bus. And I, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, Be careful. I, yeah. Well, you've been warned. It's going to tie into a really sweet moment, I think. I think I'm going to reel it in. If you if you stay tuned, don't go to commercial break. But, uh, you know, my, my career trajectory was set on how high can I go within the YMCA? And, um, you know, this was July of June of June, June, July of last year. There was a, a YMCA job that came open and I, I felt, I knew I could get it. I had put in my time. I had networked. I had checked the boxes. We had done some really great things. We were being noticed in Hopkins County. And I knew I could ride that success into a big job. And uh, I remember laying, we, it, was, it was Saturday afternoon, middle of the day, me, my wife, and our two-year-old at the time, Kennedy, sitting in bed. And I said, honey, I think I can do this. We can go because of the change of lifestyle that that level of job would bring, you don't have to work. You can choose to work if you want to, but if you want to go and just get our kids acclimated and, or you don't want to get them acclimated, you just want to dump them, get a job, <laughs> whatever you want to do. This is the first time in our life you'll have that opportunity. And, you know, she, she looked me dead in my eyes and she said, in 16 years, we can go wherever in this world that you want to go but our kids will be raised in this school system and they will be raised next to their family. And I, oh, I'm telling you, it, it was, it was a shot. And Chris and I've had all these conversations. It, it was, it was a tough thing to hear because, you know, while I loved Massonville and I made yep. a lot of great friends, I wanted my career to grow past it, and bigger. And you had banked on the why being that career. And I, I, th- I thought the why was that, that catalyst. And, you know, and um, I was never resentful. I had to go back to the drawing board. Looking back, I'm glad she put her foot down because I see other people who chase the dollar. I see other people who chase the dream. And there, there's a sacrifice in there. It, oh, it doesn't matter what you gain. Sacrifice. There's a sacrifice. And, you know, I've had other opportunities that, that you know about. And there's sacrifice in other opportunities. And, you know, at the time, um, my boss, uh, now Tracy Naylor, 
Uh, she's the executive director of the Elder Health Foundation. I was serving on the board of the foundation at the time. And her being a good executive director took a board member out to breakfast. Chad, tell me about you. Where are you at? What are you thinking? Yeah. You know, I was new to the foundation. <laughs> and, Not expecting that question. No, to come. and she got more of an answer than she was expecting <laughs> to. <laughs> so, but, you know, had Tracy not asked that question, I wouldn't be here. And so, you know, let's tie all this back in. Everything that I am today is a sum of not knowing where I was going to be <laughs> until it just happened. And little conversations and connections, and many of those connections being Wesleyan related, here I am. And yeah. That's absolutely correct. But again, it's back to when you come to that fork in the road, take it. It's got to go. You know, you've, you've seized the moment. Mm -hmm. Now, on the selfish side, I have to tell you, that's two. That's two times you almost took Kristen away from us. Now, come on. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so so Kristen needs to be the next podcast. How to keep your spouse local. <laughs> well, so I, that's right. I, I have you on first yeah. as a guest, and then yeah. it gives me information and ammo for having oh, her man. on. You, great questions for her. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, really, um, you know, I, I, I do, I have said, I said that a sophomore experience. I didn't appreciate Wesleyan until after I graduated. Uh, because Wesleyan is small, I went to class. My freshman year at Western, I went sometimes. But you didn't have to. Didn't have to. You know, and because I wouldn't be noticed. Correct. You you can be in a small sociology class of 50. They'll pass the sheet around and... You can get by. You can, you can be in attendance, if you know what I mean. That's exactly right. You know, at, at Wesleyan, you can't do that. Because the professor recognizes all 10 or 20 of you at most, <laughs> yeah. maybe 8 or 10. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And they, they take an interest in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that old adage of showing up is half the battle. Mm -hmm. Like, at, at a small private college, that, that gets you a long way. And, you know, if you're going to a small private college like Wesleyan and you're not showing up, how how much are they going to invest in you if you're not investing yourself at all? You know, and so Dr. Bergman, Randy Bergman, I don't know if you know him, but uh, Dr. Bergman, he was big in the exercise physiology um, department, but he was also a football coach. That You know, that's how Wesleyan is. You're, you're kind of a jack of all trades sometimes. And, you know, so I saw him on the field. He knew what my performance on the field was like. And if it wasn't there, well, what's your performance in the class like? You can't slip. And so yeah, it was accountability level. Talk to those professors. Absolutely. And you know, know that you weren't making that class. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I will say, um, because I came in as a sophomore, Brent, uh, Brent Hosclaw, Coach Hosclaw, I, I don't know if this was a standard, area, standard practice before my arrival, but he said, everybody does study hall. And it didn't matter if you were a 4.0 and pre-med or undecided and just here for a couple years of football trying to get out, it didn't matter. You were going to study hall. And that, like, I was on the dean's list. It's on record somewhere. Somebody can say that Chad was, Chad was on the dean's list. <laughs> you know, but it was because of Coach Holsclaw holding me accountable. And I can straight up tell you that if I had stayed at Western, as much as I, I love that experience, I would not have succeeded, much less excelled at anything. So I, I have a lot to owe to Wesleyan 
whether in the history I wanted to admit it or not, as a, as a mature adult, I have to admit it. it. It gave me things that I didn't know I needed when I didn't know I needed them. I've told people many, many times, <clears throat> Wesleyan taught me two things. The first thing it taught me was how much I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And the second thing it taught me was how to go find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really believe that. Yeah. You know, whether it's academic tools or business tools or life tools, those two lessons, those are the things I learned at Wesleyan. And, and, and that's kind of what you're talking about is. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, at lunch with Eddie the other the other day, you know, uh, some of the, the recent news that came out about, you know, sustainability and people, you know, coming to go. And there was forums held and Eddie spoke about one student that just had a prepared statement and she just presented her wealth, her, herself so well. She presented the college or she represented the college very well, the way she articulated her thoughts. And I'm like, wait a minute. Anybody can read a book. Anybody can be look anything, research on Google. That does not make you an intelligent person. Being able to think critically and put your thoughts together and do something meaningful with your words. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like Wesleyan taught me to be a critical thinker and I didn't know it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and it's it's still, I mean, I am 37 years old and I just realized realized that life lesson that Wesleyan taught me through the perspective of Eddie listening to this young woman speak. And it's just amazing that those things reveal themselves like that. I, yeah. I don't know that everybody gets that same foundation everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just don't. But yeah. I don't, my experience is here. It's not anywhere else. Yeah. So... Again, circling back, uh, Owensboro Health Foundation, what do you do there? Yeah. So I'm the director of philanthropy. Uh, Internally, I'm known as director of major giving. And so uh, primarily focusing on donors of a certain gift range or above. And um, right now we're we're in kind of an exploratory phase internally. Um, But essentially we are looking to expand our our corporate giving and our private wealth giving things things of that nature you're in the 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 nonprofit world Absolutely. you're right there with me Absolutely <laughs> yeah. preaching uh, to the choir and, well but <laughs> but you know everybody needs to know what you're doing yeah. and what keeps you occupied but you also I love talk about family you talked about mm-hmm. family some along the way and I appreciate that uh, particularly I'll say I love to talk about kids mm-hmm. you know kids and grandkids yeah. you don't have any grandkids yet but Not yet. you have kids you have 3 mm-hmm. Their ages. One was nine. Yeah, we have three, six, and nine. Uh, three, six, and nine. That's easy yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's easy right now. And we're, it, we do have other friends that have kids that are older. And so we're, as they're going through those phase, we're like, hey, send us the cliff notes of how to best handle that. <laughs> Where you messed up, send me what you would have done differently. <laughs> yeah, there's no handbook for that, Chad. There, there isn't. We, and if you've had one kid, you've had one kid. They're all different. So it's, it's yeah, we're just going to live that life. And, you know, somebody told me, just it doesn't matter what phase you're in, just love that phase because you're going to love the next right. phase. And just, just love that one and take the punch and roll. <laughs> and, and I would tell you now we are in, uh, Brenda and I are in the grandparent phase. Yeah. Uh, you're never not a parent. Mm-hmm. Let me let me say that. Yeah. But we're in the grandparent phase. And we love this one as much, mm-hmm. maybe more, yeah, than the kid phase. You yeah. know, we uh, we we like to joke, and it's not a joke, but 
there's a sign that hangs at our back door, and it says, um, "Grandchildren welcome anytime." children by appointment only <laughs> yeah and you get to that point you know so we're loving this phase you mm-hmm. know uh it it's uh and and i know you will when yeah. you get there as well but absorb everything you can right now just oh, yeah. suck it up it's it's an amazing amazing period of time in your life you know i i saw something the other day and it's it's funny i, I think when people in my generation or even the this era that we're living in when I saw something the other day in quotation marks. When, I, when you say that, AK, that was a Facebook or a, an Instagram reel or something on TikTok, right? Sure. And so I saw something the other day and it said, um, you know, kids helping you with tasks, it, they get in the way and they slow you down, but but maybe that's what they're supposed to do. Because we're living in such a fast world that like, it's so fast and the, the people that we need to slow down for, we're not slowing down, we are too fast. And so, like, man, I really took that one to heart. Like, how many times have my kids jumped in and slowed me down? And it's a point of frustration, but it's maybe it's maybe it's really a blessing in disguise. I need I need to slow down. So, no, you're absolutely right. And yeah. you know, along the way, they they might learn something valuable. Yeah, you know, I, I I'll comment about uh, we have a daughter and a son, and uh, our daughter uh, who is now uh, soon to turn thirty two. Um, she has commented in the past uh, that she knows how to use tools and build things, basic kinds of uh-huh. things, because she was right by my side. Again, remember, we were too poor to buy a cheeseburger at McDonald's, so <laughs> yeah. we had to do everything ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and so I was handy and could do those kinds of things. She learned those kinds of things. My son, who's older, not so much. He mm-hmm. did, he was more interested in Mario Brothers yeah. and some of the other things. And uh, now, as a homeowner and a family of his own, he says, "I wish I had paid more attention." Yeah, you know. You know so the, it, yeah. absorb those moments because there's yeah. there's a learning moment in there. Also. You know, and I, I I can actually bring this back to the the, the college conversation because I, I did mention earlier that I'm I was the first in my immediate family. To, to go to college. My, my uncle is a veterinarian in Bowling Green, uh, O'Brien Veterinary Clinic. But my, my mother went to college for, I think, a semester. My, my father went straight into working on the barge system. He just retired as a captain off Ingram Barge Company. You know, so the, and I don't say that to put them down at all, like, because they gave me a life that is more than I deserved. And if they had any more they could have given me, they would have given me that too. Absolutely. So I don't want to discredit anything my parents did for me or couldn't do for me. or did, But we're put on this earth to make the next generation a little bit better. And so, you know, I know I don't have a list written down or a, a notes in my phone of what mom and dad didn't teach me that I wish they would have. But I keep some mental notes of I'm going to make sure my kids know this. And then I'm going to make sure that my kids have kids that know this. And so, you know, I I can very vividly remember mom pressuring me to look at colleges because I didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school. I just knew you got to go. It it wasn't. Yeah, I wanted to get out of here. It's it's just, and honestly, reflecting back, I don't think ever one time in high school, I was like, I'm going to go to college to do 
X. I don't think I even applied for colleges until the spring of my uh, senior year. And yeah, that is late. That's that's late. And I really do think I had this warped interpretation of a college's I'm I'm paying for the college or this university's services. When I walk up and I hand you the debit credit card or the cash, you accept and I walk to class. <laughs> I, th- I think I had this warped reality. And so what I'm vowing and Chris and I are going to do is ensure that our children know that process. And that's not a knock at my mom or dad. It just wasn't in their wheelhouse. Exactly right. You know, and if, the, the, a different frame of reference than they had. Absolutely. Because, you know, if you look at my grandparents on both sides, I don't think either went past eighth grade, you know, and that was the norm, you know, um, back then. So, you know, my parents progressed past that. Now, I've progressed past that and my children are going to progress past that. And I, I really do think, tying this back to KWC, I, I think Wesley is going to be part of that picture. I can't guarantee it. But what I am going to guarantee is that my children are going to have the opportunity to go anywhere they want. And if they choose to stay, I'm going to support that decision. Absolutely. Well, Chad, we are nearing the end of our time, but uh, before we go, there is a question that I like to ask Mm -hmm. all of my guests. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the question, and while you think about it, I'm going to tell you why I'm asking Mm -hmm. the question. Tell me a favorite vacation. Mm Mm-hmm. And I ask for this reason, that it's not going to be too many years in the future that Brenda and I are going to retire, and Mm -hmm. we like to travel. And so I'm stealing ideas from all of my (laughs) guests about where I might want to travel with Brenda when we retire. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, honestly, I'm telling you right now, if we could go back, we we went to um, uh, Cancun for our honeymoon to an all-inclusive resort, and it switched hands, our ownership numerous times i don't know that it's necessarily cancun but anything all inclusive <laughs> you know i'm now we do agree with that i uh, uh, i'm telling you i i can't remember if it was eight or 12 pounds i gained on our honeymoon like but it was like man you know dinner was good but second dinner is great <laughs> <laughs> and no one's ever turned down drinks and uh uh you know Dessert, so room service. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, you know, we, we definitely like our all-inclusives. It's uh, uh, it's the idea of being pampered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, you know, if anybody out there watches the show Parks and Recreation, just got to treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while. Every once in a while, you just got to treat gotta yourself. Do it. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And You know, uh, oh, I got one last thing. Oh, tell me. Yeah, you got the last question. I got the last remark, maybe. <laughs> no. So, if there's any alumni out there listening who feels that they've been disconnected from the college or they wish they were more involved with their college or they are realizing that the lessons they were taught while they were in college aren't being realized until today, whether you got a degree that you're not necessarily using in your your field and whatever it is, if you have any questions on how to get connected, reach out to the people here. They're, They're eager for help. If you know me personally, reach out to me on social media. I'll tell you how I'm helping and how I got involved. But 
the college needs us right now. And I think anybody that is willing to put some just good effort work in, contribute financially to the college, anything is appreciated. Anything is accepted at this point. I feel like my life is more fruitful for helping in this way that I am right now. And I think yours will be too. I couldn't have summarized any better uh, the sentiment of the day. Um, So thank you for that. Thank you for uh, that appeal. And it is an appeal. Um, All of us uh, appreciate what Wesleyan has done, has uh, become in our lives. um, And if you are able to give time and talent and treasures uh, or any of that combination, Mm -hmm. absolutely welcome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely welcome. Chad, thank you very much. I appreciate you giving time to our listeners and to me today to to be a guest and share your story on Alumni Evolution. Thanks for having me. Um, It was a great day. And until next time, I wish you all a good day. I am Doug Hoyt, your host of Alumni Evolution. Take care. This has been another episode of Alumni Evolution the official podcast of the KWC Alumni Association hosted by Doug Hoyt, class of 1984. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to follow the Alumni Association on social media at KWC Alumni. See you next time, Panthers.